Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. We are entering week 14, getting ready for the fantasy playoffs. Congrats to everybody who made it. Here's the uh, the obligatory playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah. Um. So, Los, did you make the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. You know I make the playoffs, just not in your league. No, uh, but that's all right. Ours is a dynasty league, and, and you are rebuilding there, so certainly That's uh, right. Fine. First pick, baby. Pick number one, coming my way. That's very true. We'll see who that ends up being. But in the meantime, uh, we still got a lot to talk about these next few weeks. Uh, this is it, folks. This is make or break time. This is what we play the games for. This is what we wait for. Um, well, maybe some, some not all. Some people actually have their final week this week and then start playoffs next week. But regardless, just take the next week, listen to the start of this podcast, and then clip it, and then go into the next one. Yeah, this Thursday night uh, marks the beginning of the uh, period of time where my neighbors will hate me for being super loud and angry and yelling a lot during football games, even this more so than matters. usual. All right, so let's kick it off. We are going to start with the Gillette Close Shave of the Week from this past week. In a hotly contested back-and-forth battle between the Chiefs and the Falcons, Kansas City led for much of the second half. But late in the game, Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan led his team down the field on a 10-play 80-yard touchdown drive to retake the lead by one point. Opting to go for a two-point conversion to extend the lead to three instead of kicking the PAT, Matt Ryan's pass was intercepted in the end zone by Chiefs safety Eric Berry, who then returned it all the way for two points going the other way. Kansas City would hold on to their one-point lead and eventually win this game. Get your close shave like Eric Berry with Gillette, the best a man can get. Our best blades for a few dollars a month. Fresh blades delivered to your door, no commitments. What a phenomenal play that was. Two interceptions on the day, huge day. Unfortunately, one of those interceptions won't count towards his actual statistics that, that one mentioned in the close shave of the week course but uh this man deserves money you know he's, he's playing very well um and he's playing in your thursday night football game this week uh against oakland should i just roll right into it yeah look at look at that flawless transition right there huh v- very good uh oakland was clicking 38 points versus buffalo um i hope they get a lot of rest and won't be tired going into the short week thursday night football game i believe in Derek carr uh call me crazy he handled denver okay earlier this season he will be fine in kansas city to me he's a quarterback one Trust the process. Uh, that's that's what the Cubs fans have been saying. Uh, Latavius Murray had 20 of the 29 running back carries. This is trending correctly, uh, much better than the ha- uh, 50% he's been playing at most of this year. He's a mid-range running back, too, versus a tougher Kansas City defense, granted. 82 yards, two touchdowns on the ground uh, this game. Um, shouldn't expect quite as good of numbers uh, uh, versus Kansas City. Uh, Crabtree with a big day that could have been even bigger. He dropped a sure touchdown in the end zone and still had seven catches on 11 uh on, a, on 11 targets for 74 yards and a touchdown. And I thought uh, on that touchdown that he dropped, Derek Carr looked mad at him. I thought he was going to maybe punish him, get away from him a little bit, but no, he kept going at him. Uh, Cooper, on the other hand, had a rough day, two catches on only four targets, but 59 yards had a very sweet over the uh, back, back shoulder catch for a touchdown. I like both of them as wide receiver twos in this game versus Kansas City. 
Yeah, you know, from a pure football perspective, I think this is going to be a fantastic game. Uh, certainly a lot on the line here for the AFC West. Um, Kansas City just one game back, and then Denver a game behind them. So, you know, fantasy-wise, though, I actually don't love Derek Carr uh, in this game. Um, for me, he's just a high-end QB2 this week with the Kansas City defense fully healthy. Uh, of course, their secondary has had its share of issues, but... When you have a guy like Tom Bahali, D. Ford, and Justin Houston all fully healthy and practicing this week, that pass rush is going to get to Derek Carr. He's not going to have much time to re really work in the pocket and, and get to his receivers. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that his receivers can't break open for some big plays. Uh, for me, you know, I, I think Michael Crabtree is going to stay on that one side again and face off against Marcus Peters. Um, for me, he's just a high-end flex play. I, I think he really struggled the last time these two teams met, and I think Derek Carr is again going to go to um, his younger receiver, uh, the star in the making, Amari Cooper. Uh, for me, I like Cooper better this week uh, of the two guys. He's a wide receiver, too, for me with a lot of upside. And then, of course, Latavius Murray. Um, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, the defensive line is really good, but at the same time, so is the Raiders' offensive line. I expect Latavius Murray to, again, get most of the carries here. Um, and I think he'll be a solid RB too. Yeah, the uh, this offensive line is gelling so well to me. I, I really think they're a top five unit. Yeah, uh, you know, I wouldn't. I would maybe even put them right behind Dallas. Yeah, maybe number two. I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say something crazy. Yeah, um, of course. Uh, the the one weakness here is the tight end position. Uh, Clive Walford got a lot of potential, makes some splashy plays, but he's still been pretty inconsistent this year. Um, basically, you're hoping for a touchdown from him if you're forced to start him, which I hope you're not. Yeah, if you're out of if you're out of the playoffs and you're in a dynasty league, I do think he is a good dynasty ad for your team. Um, if you if you're you know if your season's done, you've got nothing else playing for. This is the time where you build your team based on other drops and you know projections for next year. Uh, to roll us right into the Kansas City side of the football, Atlanta could not stop the Kansas City offense, um, and Kansas City could have a similar output versus Oakland. But there's really no hugely enticing options for me, other than, of course, Spencer Ware, who is a running back one. Um, he was inefficient on the ground this last game, but he did have two touchdowns. He should be just fine. Uh, Travis Kelsey so showed us signs of what he can do. Eight catches on eight targets for 140 yards, which if if this is going to you know follow the trajectory of Kelsey's career with Alex Smith, I think we should expect a one catch day probably. But, I'm, you know, I, I, I'd still play him as, as a higher end tight end one being serious here. Uh, Tyree Hill was the top wide receiver with five catches on six targets for 53 yards. An unexciting option for me. He has that three touchdown day upside if you want to roll the dice, but I, he, for some reason, he just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, for me, Alex Smith, he's, he's just a mid end QB2 here. I hope you're not relying on him for your fantasy team. Um, but that said, Spencer Ware, though, showing that the upside is still there. Uh, as you mentioned, got the two touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air against Atlanta. And you know, the upside is definitely there when Andy Reid decides to actually use Spencer Ware and the best way to protect Alex Smith from Khalil Mack is to hand the ball off to him. Um, yep. And we saw LaShawn McCoy absolutely tear up the Oakland run defense last week. Uh, of course, the, the power running game of the Bills is one of the best in the league right now and Kansas City not quite there, but they certainly have a good unit as well. Um, I like him as a low-end RB1. And then the other thing for the receivers is it sounds like Jeremy Macklin is healthy. He's been practicing. Um, I, I think he's going to be back for this game, which actually is not good news if you own Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. 
Um, for me, this definitely downgrades Hill a little bit. Um, his upside, of course, is still there. He only needs to touch the ball a couple of times to break one for a long touchdown. But at the same time, I do think he's going to lose a couple targets here and there to Jeremy Macklin. And then the same goes for Kelsey. We've seen the split uh, you know, of targets really uh, decreases for him when Jeremy Macklin is healthy and on the field. I, I think this kind of puts a damper on him, although he's definitely still in that mid-end, tight-end one category. I just don't think he's going to be an elite top guy uh, as he has been the last few weeks with Macklin out. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're absolutely on, on point there. Andy Reid is the worst, best coach in the NFL um, for the for the past 20, 15 years. He's always find, found a way to mismanage his offense one way or another. Uh, going back to, you know, LaShawn McCoy back in uh, Philadelphia. It's just crazy. Yeah, um, but that said, I, I do think that, you know, Travis Kelsey is still one of the best tight end options out there. You're certainly not, uh, you know, benching him. Um, I just don't think that his upside is quite as high with Macklin back in the game. Yes, sir. Uh, I think Oakland runs away with this game here. Um, how do you feel about that? I, you know what? I, I think that Kansas City is going gonna, is gonna to tie it up in the AFC West uh, on Thursday night. I, I think that this defense is really g starting to gel. Uh, I think this is possibly uh, the best defense in the game right now. Very, very exciting matchup here, definitely, uh, to kick off your Thursday night football week. Uh, Pittsburgh goes into Buffalo. Pittsburgh just made the Giants look absolutely silly. All of New York looking absolutely silly this week. Uh, ben with 289 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Le'Veon Bell, 29 carries, 118 yards, 64 yards through the air. Antonio Brown, six catches, 54 yards, and a beautiful touchdown catch. Just getting his elbow down just inside the... Uh, just inside the boundary line, as per the usual, our number ones of their respective positions. Um, Green is turning into tur turned in a solid day. Six catches on 11 targets for, for 110 yards and a touchdown. It looked like the Giants completely forgot about him on on a few plays. Uh, Buffalo will not forget about him, but he's a big time body with huge time measurables. Uh, tight end has been a crapshoot that is uh, to the point that uh, I'll stand by him as a tight end one for this week, definitely, especially with the disappearance of the road dog Jesse James. X-Pac Grimble. The B.A. Ladarius Green is looking like he has the reins for now. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we don't need to go back in, into my thoughts on Ladarius Green. We talked about him plenty in the preseason. I had him as a top 10 tight end preseason before we found out about his ankle injury. Um, that really derailed his season, but he's starting to kick it up now. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't have him quite in my top 10 tight ends. I, I think he's just outside there for me this week, but he's certainly got the upside to be the number one tight end any given week. Um, and, you know, certainly Buffalo, uh, their defense has been playing pretty well, but at the same time, they play a lot of man coverage in the middle of the field. And, you know, I think that Ladarius Green can find those mismatches. Um, I mean, there's no consistency at tight end anyway. Every tight end has a low floor just about every week. So I think Ladarius Green is a must-add unless you've got a guy like Travis Kelsey or or Jordan Reed, or Jimmy Graham, even Greg Olson hasn't been that great the last few weeks. There's really no consistency at tight end. Um, Ladarius Green is going to be a priority guy down the stretch here. Uh, you know, talking about Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, that's just a waste of time. You're starting those guys. Um, and then the other thing is uh, Ben Roethlisberger on the road. He's always a little bit more dicey in away games. Um, I am just as a low end QB one with upside this week. 
Okay, okay. Uh, flipping to the other side of the football, this Buffalo offense is clicking. Just not as much as Oakland was that day, and probably not as much as Pittsburgh's offense is going to be uh, this day. Still good for your fantasy team, though. They don't need to win in order to make your team win. Uh, Taylor's a low-end quarterback one with a solid rushing floor every week. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, 17 carries for 130 yards, seven catches for 61 yards. A very nice day. Could have been even better. Had two touchdowns stolen by Mike Gill. You aren't benching him regardless. You're still very happy with that sort of day, especially versus Pittsburgh. Gilsley is a must-own handcuff for me going into these playoffs. Don't make the mistake of hand handing on to Asiata or, or Ty Montgomery or something stupid like that. You know, don't, don't make it complicated. Uh, Sammy Watkins is back at three catches on nine for 38 yards. Um, I'm looking for their timing to be a little cleaner. They're going to get another week together in practice. Tyrod Taylor pushes it deep often. I'm expecting a long catch or two here. I think he's a reasonable risk-reward right to save for three. He's better than a lot of options you can roll with this week, that's for sure. Um, Ch Charles Clay was absent this game with his child being born. If he's there, I think he, he's not a terrible idea at a tight end, too, if, if you're really hurting there, if you were a Gronk owner or something like that. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, actually, you know, I think it speaks to Clay's production the last few weeks that I didn't even notice that he wasn't on the field. Uh, <laughs> oh, he, no. He really hasn't been that involved, uh, even with even when Watkins was out. Um, you know, I, I think he's, you know, in that range of low-end tight end twos, but I, I think there are plenty of better options out there. Um, I, I don't think that he should be starting the fantasy playoffs except in pretty deep leagues. Um, but to, to your point, I agree with Watkins as being kind of that boom bust wide receiver three. Certainly the floor is going to be low, but he only needs a couple of catches to have one go for a 60 yard touchdown or something like that. Um, you know, that, that's why you picked him up off waivers. If he, if the guy, uh, you know, who owned him dropped him during his injury stretch. Uh, and then the other thing is with Sean McCoy, uh, certainly you, you wanted those touchdowns from Mike Gillisley, but um, you forgot to mention that Tyra Taylor also stole another rushing touchdown. He ran one in himself. Yes, and, uh, you know, I think McCoy has a high floor and a high ceiling any given week. You're starting him. Uh, and then, you know, Tyrod Taylor himself, he, he kind of disappointed against Oakland, but I think he's still in that low-end QB1, high-end QB2 range this week. Uh, he should have upside in a game that I expect to be relatively high scoring here. All right. I think you're uh, you're right. You're on the money right there. I don't think Buffalo's defense has the firepower to bring down Big Ben. Uh, give me Pittsburgh in, a, in an away game. Yeah, you, uh, you know, I was looking over our uh, our pregame or excuse me, our pre-recording notes uh, right mm -hmm. now before we start recording, and I think we agree on every pick this week in terms of the NFL games, except for Kansas City and Oakland when I took the Chiefs. Really? Yeah. Well, all right. Then uh, then. Cool. Yeah. So give us give us Pittsburgh, right? Give us give us Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's right. Um, Den at ten. Paxton Lynch was again poor in his second NFL start. Um, he will start again if Simeon's absent. Of course, he did nothing versus Jacksonville. Um, he could do less than ten, even less in Tennessee. That's just because I think Tennessee may dominate time of possession a little more than Jacksonville was able to. But that said, Jacksonville's secondary has not been something to shake a stick at. They, they've been they've been pretty good uh, as of late. Demarius Thomas six catches on ten attempts for sixty one yards. Sanders three on nine for twenty eight. Both are low end wide receivers, uh, wide receiver threes for me um, with Paxton Lynch at quarterback. Bibbs came back this game. Five carries for 49 yards to Booker's 18 carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. But then Bibbs went out this game and he's now on the IR. Um, 
I think that solidifies uh, Devontae Booker's role, definitely, as they sign Joyke Bell, who needs to learn the offense. I mean, you know, how different could it be? It's a Kubiak sort of thing. You mean Justin Forsett. Part ever? Justin Forsett. What the, did I call him? Uh, the Lions re-signed Joyke Bell. Yeah, whatever the guy's name is, <laughs> Justin Forsett. Yeah, um, I'd look elsewhere if I could, um, e- even if they weren't playing against Tennessee's run defense. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, with Bibbs out, he, he looked pretty good before he left the game with that high ankle sprain. Um, but I just, you know, I, I've seen some narratives out there that Justin Forsett has played with Kubiak before. He knows the system, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my gut feeling here is I just don't think that Forsett's going to be that involved right off the bat, if, if ever. I, I think this was more of a depth signing. Um, you know, they, they needed a body there with Bibbs gone now, CJ Anderson still out. Um, I, I think this is more of a depth thing. I, I don't I don't think Forsett's going to touch the ball that much. Regardless, he's bad, even if he touches it. Yeah, no, he he didn't look good uh, earlier this year in, in general. Um, I, I do think that Booker, uh, you know, he's going to he should see most of the touches against Tennessee. He He's a high end flex play for me. Yeah, I, I, I put him in about that range. You know, you, you look for a Denver uh, running back and you expect running back one. But I think high end flex, low end two is the is the right range. Yeah, and the th- the thing is the the good thing for the Denver offense in general is that we saw that Trevor excuse me Trevor Simeon is out of the walking boot today. Um, you know he's he's practicing again. He's still questionable for this week, but it, it sounds optimistic that he may play this week. Um, that's certainly going to be good because Lynch didn't look good at all. Uh, and and the early reports saying that Simeon will go will will help Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. I think both are going to be mid end wide receiver twos with upside. Uh, again, the Tennessee run defense Ooh. is better than their pass defense, so I think this is a team that you want to throw the ball against. Yeah, they're going to try, but either of these quarterbacks are absolute garbage. Uh, Tennessee, on the other side, on the other hand, had a week to prepare, but I don't think that's enough to to conquer this Denver defense. Uh, Mario and the Mariota and the passing attack will struggle here. I'd fade Matthews to a low end wide receiver four, probably not start him or Sharp this week whatsoever. Uh, uh, Latavius, nope, that's not the one. Demarco Murray is a rock solid running back one, of course. He sh- shouldn't be an issue for him to be a top three scorer. We know the struggles that Denver has had against running backs, especially against running backs that can catch passes yeah i i think you know uh the way that you beat denver is to try and run the ball and that's tennessee's strength i think they're going to try and hand it off to demarco murray a ton uh limit what they they ask marcus mariota to do this week um and really you know when you look at the denver defense they've only given up 15 points or more to three fantasy quarterbacks this season uh, Cam Newton in week one, Drew Brees in week 10 when Denver didn't have Aqib Tlaib, and then Alex Smith uh, a couple weeks ago in that crazy overtime game. I just think that as good as Marcus Mariota has been in fantasy, I don't like it more than a mid-range QB2 this week. Uh, this Denver defense is basically at full strength. Uh, I would look for options elsewhere. Um, of course, they're starting to Marco Murray. Uh, again, uh, I think they're going to want to run the ball a ton here. And then the only receiver that I'm really considering starting in fantasy is going to be the tight end, Delaney Walker. I, I think the mm-hmm. cornerbacks are going to shut down Rashard Matthews and the other guys. Uh, but Denver, again, can be susceptible to the passing plays over the middle of the field. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a very good point there. Uh, final, final point for me. Um, if you're in the fantasy playoffs and you own DeMarco Murray and don't own Derrick Henry and he's sitting there in free agency, just just you know, just, just slap yourself in the skull right now. Like, listen, <laughs> you know, don't be stupid. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I mean, unless, you know, somebody else owns him and the trade deadline is passed, then there's nothing you can do about that. 
Exactly, would, exactly. But if he's the sitting there, exception. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, t- Denver will uh, beat the Tennessee Titans, who struggled against Chicago two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, give me Denver. There we go. Uh, NFC East showdown. Washington rolls into Philadelphia. Uh, they fought but could not get it done versus Arizona. Luckily for Captain Kirk, the Eagles have quit trying during this NFL season. Crazy. Uh, I like them. Had to, had to go that route, of course. As a quarterback one this week, as well as R. Kelly slotting in as a mid-high-end running back too. Um, I don't think the I don't think the Eagles will be able to trap him in a closet. That's my confession. Especially since Jay Gruden saying that he needs to get R. Uh, R. Kelly worked into this game a little more. I still like Jamison Crowder, uh, one of my preseason guys who have really paid off uh, as a nice possession guy with upside getting some downfield deep catches. He's a low-end uh, wide receiver to this game for me. Um, if he doesn't play because of his hip pointer, I do like uh, Garcon as a higher-end wide receiver three, filling in that same role that Crowder does. Um, uh, Deshaun Jackson is just too boom-bust for me. Much better risk-reward options out there. I've already mentioned Sammy Watkins. And I'll mention some later ones, uh, some other ones later in the podcast as well. Would one of those guys be uh, Will Fuller? Yes, most definitely. <laughs> All right. Um, by the way, uh, R. Kelly, I like all the pop culture references you're sneaking in this week. Um, Thank you. But, you know, speaking of Rob Kelly, I think that part of it, um, you know, part of his struggles the last two games have been game flow. Um, you know, Washington has trailed most of the game against both Dallas and Arizona, as expected. And Kelly really doesn't catch the ball. Uh, you know, Chris Thompson is the passing down guy. Um, Robert Kelly really isn't involved at all in, in the playing as many snaps in those situations. And I think that's partly what's hurt him. Um, I, I'm going back to him because I expect Washington to be leading in this game. Uh, I do think that he'll be a decent RB2. Um, and same uh, with Kirk Cousins. He's going to be a solid QB1. Uh, you know, the Philadelphia defense, as you said, is mailing it in, um, it seems. Uh, not quite as bad as the New York Jets, but, you know, getting there. And uh, in terms of the receivers, uh, you know, Jamison Crowder has really emerged this year. He looks great, uh, even not playing that many snaps. Uh, And really, his role has grown a ton, and he's a mid-range wide receiver too, assuming he can play in this game. And even if he does, uh, you know, you mentioned that Pierre Garçon would be a a really good play if Crowder is out, but I actually like Garçon as a wide receiver three or flex play, even if Crowder does go, because we've seen that he's gotten a lot more involved in the offense as of late. Um, Kirk Cousins is really spreading that ball around a little bit more and and same with Deshaun Jackson I think that Pierre Garçon is the is the higher floor lower ceiling wide receiver three of the of the two and then Deshaun Jackson is the lower floor higher ceiling uh, of those two guys sure a lot of up and down in Pierre Garçon's career he's on an upswing right now yeah and you know it's kind of like that Vegas rule uh you know you don't you don't walk away from the table when when you're on a roll so uh, keep it going with Pierre Garcon. And then with Jordan Reed, uh, we'll monitor his shoulder sprain. Uh, he was questionable go la- excuse me, questionable to go last week, but they ended up ruling him out. Um, if he is out again, then Vernon Davis would be a tight end one for me uh, this week. I actually didn't love him last week just because Arizona is so good at defending the tight end. But against Philly, he would be a, a mid-range tight end one. Yeah, de- definitely uh, think that he's a, a person to look to there. Uh, my gut feeling is that Reed does not play this week, though there are some reports that he may suit up. Um, and the Philadelphia side of the football, they, of course, looked uninspiring against the Cincinnati defense that has not been good this year. And surprise, 
the word is coaching believes that many players have quit on this team already. Uh, Carson Wentz with an ugly rookie-like 308 yards with a touchdown and three interceptions. Wendell Smallwood, another rookie line, eight carries for 19 yards. Sproles, seven carries for 14, though did slot in with six catches for 35 yards. Sproles is still a PPR flex for me. Otherwise, I do not want to touch this backfield for now. Uh, uh, on the other hand, Zach Ertz is emerging to be what he should have been two years ago. Nine catches on 15 targets, 79, uh, 79 yards and a touchdown. A mid-range tight end, one for me versus uh, Washington, who should up should put up points in bunches. Otherwise, I do not like the pass catches on this team. Doral Greenbeckham, four catches for, on 10 attempts for 29 yards. He has poor efficiency. He has unsure hands. People once talked about this guy um, when, he, when he was originally entering the league as the next Calvin Johnson, potentially. Well, that potential is still just sitting there, baby. Nelson Aguilar, four catches for 23 yards. These numbers just do not play for your fantasy playoff team. Yeah, uh, you know, as you've said for years, uh, you know, who's the uh, young quarterback's best friend? The tight end. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Zach Ertz is, is quickly becoming the number one receiver in this offense right now. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, there's just no other reliable targets for Carson Wentz with the wide receivers performing as poorly as they have. And Zach Ertz has been averaging nine targets a game the last few weeks. Uh, he's a mid to high end tight end one until further notice. Um, and then, yeah, I just don't know how you trust any of these wide receivers in fantasy if Jordan Matthews is out again, if he happens to play, and, and he did practice. Um, he would be a high-end wide receiver through your flex. I do think that he would be kind of that other guy that you would trust on this offense. Um, in terms of the quarterback play, Carson Wentz hasn't been playing well, but Washington's defense isn't exactly great either. They allowed you know a lot of yards and three touchdowns to Carson Palmer, who's been struggling a lot this season. I expect Wentz to play catch-up for a lot of this game, so he's actually a mid to high-end QB2 this week. Um, and then finally, it sounds like Ryan Matthews will return for this game, or at least... Uh, is hopeful. Uh, he did start practicing again this week, but he would probably still split carries with Wendell Smallwood, get the goal line usage. I think they're just both just low-end flex plays right now. The the running back that I would prefer is Darren Sproles. I think he's going to get the majority of the touches, especially with a catch-up game script. Um, he's actually in the low-end RB2 range for me. I expect another you know five, six catch day for him. All right, and it sounds like we are both likely taking the Redskins here. Yeah, Captain Kirk leading the way. All right, let's do it. Uh, on to Arizona at Miami. Carson Palmer is playing actually significantly better as of late, and Miami's defense does not worry me here. Uh, that said, I don't expect them to be throwing a ton versus a poor Miami offense. Uh, lock in DJ is a running back one, of course. 18 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Just insane. Uh, Larry, again, 10 catches for 78 yards. He's a wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Yeah, low end wide receiver one for me the, uh, this game. It's truly a shame to see what's happened to the rest of this wide receiver core though do not touch them however do touch andre ellington if you're a uh, if you're a david johnson owner this is the playoffs insurance is at a premium in a similar vein if you're in a dynasty and a playoff team has brown or floyd this could be a, this could be a good opportunity if you're out of it already um to try and lowball them for with a playoff relevant player this this is where bad teams grow at the end of the season here um that is <clears throat> you you do need to have a a no no trading deadline a limit in your dynasty league for that statement to apply of course so where uh where should i be touching andre ellington <laughs> you should be touching him with your mouse oh, touch okay. that touch that big green arrow or that big green plus side 
Um, no, but in all, in all seriousness, uh, I'm actually going to disagree with you here. I don't think Andre Ellington is in that tier of, of handcuffs for me. Um, I do think that if anything were to happen to David Johnson, I think, again, they would go to that ugly split that we've seen before with Andre Ellington and then, you know, Stefan Taylor was involved prior and then, you know, Kerwin Williams is still hanging around. I don't think that Andre Ellington would immediately be the guy. And two, I think part of the reason that David Johnson has done so well is his talent. And, and as much as I do like Andre Ellington, he gets he tends to get nicked up too. I don't think he can even handle that big of a workload that Johnson has been taking. Um, he's he's not a, a must-own handcuff for me like like you're you're saying he is. He's certainly interesting, and in deeper leagues, I would definitely give him a look, but um, he's not quite there for me. So you're wrong, and clearly you don't know how to pronounce Steven. <laughs> Sorry, he spells it weird. That, uh, that's misleading. Um, maybe you just spell it weird. <laughs> maybe. Um, I, I actually, you know, I, I still don't really trust Carson Palmer either in this matchup. Uh, on the road, uh, of course, he's got that high ceiling against this Miami secondary, but he's still got a low floor, so he's still in that just in that mid-range QB2 uh, territory for me. I, I'd actually prefer Carson Wentz over Carson Palmer. Um, oh. if, if I had to take one of the Carsons in, in fantasy this week. Um, you're not in the playoffs if that's what you're doing. <laughs> well, hey, I, I'm in the playoffs, and I started Colin Kaepernick in a league last week. So here you I am. You didn't win, did you? Uh, no, I did not. But but not because of Kaepernick. It, I, I would have lost regardless. Uh, I, I looked oh. at the points. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, those are no-brainer starts. Um, Michael Floyd and J.J. Nelson, they each got a touchdown against Washington, but you can't really trust either of them. You're, they're basically desperation wide receiver fours at this point. Um, the only other guy that I'm really starting to get a little bit interested in now is Jermaine Gresham. Uh, kind of like Zach Ertz with all the wide receivers underperforming, Carson Palmer has recently turned to the tight end. Uh, Gresham has averaged six targets a game since the Cardinals' bye week, and a lot of these targets are coming in the red zone. In fact, against Washington this past week, uh, Gresham was stopped at, I think it was a two or three yard line on one of his catches. He was fighting for that touchdown. He's become a streaming tight end too for me. Uh, I'd prefer him over a guy like Charles Clay. Now, where I would where I would diverge from you there is that, that that's a little too much recency bias for me. Bruce Arians has a long career of never using his tight end. It, Gresham is bound to get a zero target day coming up soon. Yeah, you know, that's definitely a fair point. Uh, you know, Arians historically has not really used the tight end much, but I think that they're starting to open up that door just because of how badly Michael Floyd and J.J. Nelson have been and with John Brown's health issues. I, I think this is kind of a desperation evolution to the, to the Arizona offense. Sometimes the best ability is, avail or is availability. Sometimes availability is the best ability. Speaking of which, <laughs> here comes Miami. Uh, I can't I can't take much from showings as bad as they had in Baltimore. Um, they had to get away at the run game, of course, leaving Ajayi with 12 carries for 61. Still at six catches uh, for 26 yards, an extra six points in the PPR. He's, he's a running back, too, for me this game. Um, I doubt he gets in the end zone versus Arizona's defense. Miami had to play catch up, and huzzah, look at that. 11 catches on 14 targets for 87 yards for uh, for Jarvis Landry. He should have eight-plus targets versus Arizona, but how effective will those really be versus the secondary? He's a low-end wide receiver, too, for me. Um, don't touch the rest. It's the playoffs. Be better than Miami. Yeah, um, you know, the Dolphins' hot streak came to an end. They got crushed by Baltimore. I, I was wrong on that pick. Uh, I definitely wouldn't trust Tannehill against the Cardinals' defense. 
Um, and yeah, I, I think Ajayi still still touches the ball, touches the ball enough that he's in that low on RB two range, uh, maybe even that mid range of RB twos. Um, Jarvis Landry, he's just a high end flex or a low end wide receiver too in PPR. I, I think his upside is is severely limited here against Arizona, especially if the Honey Badger returns for this game. Um, and then of course Devontae Parker, he did catch a touchdown last week, but he is questionable. Uh, he was actually a game time decision with that back injury. Um, I, I doubt he's still fully healthy, I, and I, I wouldn't start him against Arizona either. He's just a desperation wide receiver, four or five. Miami rolled off a bunch of wins, got a nice winning streak, made it into the playoff hunt, and now now continues their losing streak into, into desolation. Yeah, uh, give me the Cardinals. There we go. Uh, San Diego at Carolina. Phillip Rivers with 225 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. The last interception, guess which quarter it was in to seal the game? Oh, you want me to guess? Well, well I mean, yeah, I, it was I rhetorical. Game, we know but... it was in the fourth quarter. That's what happens <laughs> to San Diego. Last two and a half minutes, end zone, uh, red zone interception. But don't be afraid of Carolina here. He's a low-end quarterback one. Gordon is locked in as a running back one. 17 carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Four catches for 54 yards. Again, I'm going to I'm gonna tout Kenneth Farrow as a must-own for Gordon owners in the playoffs. If you don't own him, just like if you don't own Derek, uh, David Johnson, don't waste time on Andre Ellington. If you don't uh, own Melvin Gordon, don't waste time on Kenneth Farrow. But if you do, I think he is a must-own. Don't make that mistake. Who are you waiting to add? Derek Watt? What do you think is going to happen here? There was surprising ineffective this last game for the wide receivers that said this ball was spread around very well hard to pinpoint a specific bounce back candidate um every seahawk owned carolina so uh, you can't really pinpoint a, a spot on that defense to target so there you go yeah i, I mean I, I agree with you in terms of you know rivers being a low end qb1 and gordon being a solid rb1 but Again, kind of like I, I detracted from, you know, Andre Ellington. I also don't think Kenneth Farrow needs to be owned, even if you do own Melvin Gordon. Again, if anything were to happen to Gordon in the next few weeks, I still see some sort of split between Farrow and they, they sign Ronnie Hillman too, which kind of has that Danny Woodhead skill set in the receiving game. Um, I, I just don't see Farrow being that workhorse like Melvin Gordon is right now for the Chargers. Um, for me, you know, he, he, again, you know, he is a handcuff, but he's not in that tier of handcuffs that would get the same type of workload that the starter is currently getting. Um, but that said, again, the Carolina defense, not that great. Uh, they're struggling, especially without Luke Keekley as the captain there in the backfield. Um, Tyrell Williams got you the touchdown last week, but he looks at, he looked like he was struggling at times with that shoulder injury. And then Dontrell Lemon likewise got a touchdown, but otherwise uninspiring. Um, I think both of these guys are going to be high in wide receiver threes at Carolina. And then Antonio Gates, don't forget about him. I think he's still in that high end tight end two range, although I would downgrade him slightly if Keekley is back this week, kind of roam in the middle area of the field. Um, and then like likewise, I would downgrade um, Rivers a little bit as well to a high end QB two if Keekley's back in. All right. Just an absolute drubbing from Seattle for the Car for the Carolina Panthers. Yikes. It was uh, completely embarrassing. And and the, the start with Anderson throwing the interception didn't even matter. Carolina was outmanned the entire game. Kelvin Benjamin is way down my list. About a wide receiver three. Olsen's been ineffective. Stewart was out game flowed out of this game. All that said, this is a team with a lot of pride. Uh, they, they'll look to smack San Diego in the mouth, given the opportunity. Um, Carolina's going to fight to the end and win, a, win in a colossal uh, San Diego fourth quarter meltdown fashion again, just 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 like always, um, always so close, yet so, so far away. 
Yeah, and Cam Newton really hasn't played good football this this year. Uh, he's been an inconsistent high in QB two, and that's where I have him ranked right now. Um, hopefully he'll he'll remember wear a tie this week, or you know not go to the strip club, whatever that story was, so Derek <laughs> Anderson doesn't have to get the start again. Um, and the San Diego defense has actually been playing uh, pretty well as of late, especially with Bosa really coming on, uh, handling that pressure well. Um, so for me, Jonathan Stewart, uh, he's going to be that boomer bust high on RB3 or flex play. Um, and then Jason Hayward last week really shut down Mike Evans, had really good coverage on him and picked off Jameis Winston uh, on one of those targets to Evans. Um, and I don't expect Kelvin Benjamin to do any better. Um, he's just a mid-level wide receiver three uh, or a flex play. He's been that all year. Uh, I'm not expecting much from him. Ted Ginn, I I would actually start Ted Ginn over Kelvin Benjamin at this point in the season. At least we've seen that Ted Ginn has a high ceiling. Uh, you know, they, mo- they both might only get a two or three points, but at least Ted Ginn has the potential to get like 15 points, right? Wow, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know what's been going on with Greg Olson. Uh, you know, Cam- part of it is Cam Newton hasn't been playing well, and part of it is he's been staying in a block a little bit more, but he is still averaging six targets per game over the last six weeks so I, I don't know how you bench him unless you have a better option somehow so you know he's still in that mid-range tight end one territory despite him underperforming the last few weeks yeah i mean you know pet- pedigree's there the pedigree is there so here's how the game will end uh fourth quarter san diego driving down the field um dontra linman hits a short crossing route runs downfield gets cracked by trey boston who forces a fumble which is recovered by carolina I, d- I disagree. I think Carolina is going to be trailing in the fourth quarter, and then San Diego defense is going to collapse and allow like an 80-yard bomb to Ted Ginn for a touchdown, and then they lose that way. Okay, both both equally both equally heart-shattering. <laughs> Just the way it has been for San Diego all season. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. Do they have more than three wins? It doesn't feel like they should, but I know they do. Anyways, I, I think just uh, over. Ro- just over? Yeah. Rolling into the AFC North. Andy Dalton put together a very solid day versus Philadelphia. He should follow up nicely in Cleveland. Uh, The run game has been poorly effective, minus Giovanni Bernard, but Hill does keep getting into the end zone. 23 carries, nice share of the workload, but only 23 yards and a touchdown. Two catches for 12 yards. I actually like him as a higher-end running back, too, this week um, uh, against Cleveland here. Rex Burkhead, eight carries for 38 yards, four catches for 28 yards. But I really don't see a need for him much this game versus Cleveland. I think this will be a solid day for Eifert with the rest of the pass offense spread around to sub-fantasy relevant levels. Yeah, and, you know, Andy Dalton really played great against a Philadelphia defense that, to be fair, is underperforming right now. Um, but at the same time, uh, yeah, you know, I think people, uh, I think Andy Dalton is one of those fantasy quarterbacks that people love to hate. Uh, but this week he's got a really good matchup and I would fire him up as a low end quarterback one in fantasy. Um, and of course you mentioned Tyler Eifert. Uh, I think he's going to be a high end tight end one in this game. Uh, I think it was against the Patriots that the Browns gave up three touchdowns to Martellus Bennett. Um, Tyler Eifert could easily have a multi-touchdown game here. Um, and in terms of the Jeremy Hill, uh, he's still getting the volume. He didn't, he wasn't particularly efficient, but he found the end zone last week. And I think he'll do it again against the Browns. Uh, he's in that mid range RB two for me, not quite in the high end RB twos. And then, uh, Brand LaFell and Tyler Boyd, they've both fared well against Philadelphia. And this is a good matchup for them too. Uh, they're risky plays, but 
They're both mid-level wide receiver threes with hups with excuse me high upside, and I think Brand LaFell would be the preferred guy of the two for me. Conversely, I do not like this matchup for uh, Cleveland. I expect Cincinnati to dominate time of possession with the run game and short, you know, hits to Burkhead, Boyd, Eifert, completions, things like that. Um, I don't think you're starting a Cleveland running back. Uh, hopefully, certainly not in the playoffs, but but if you have to, I, I do prefer Crowell here. And it sounds like, uh, you know, the litany of starting Cleveland quarterbacks is going to take another spin on the wheel, right? Yeah, uh, RG3 has been practicing, and he is expected to start this game, assuming they activate him off of IR. Um, and then I'm certainly not expecting much fantasy production from his first start back in months. He's got to shake off that rust, but I do like that for the Cincinnati defense. I think they're going to be good streaming play this week. Um, and then actually, I think RG3 helps both of the wide receivers here. He's got the best deep ball of, you know, of the three guys between McCowan and Kessler. I think Terrell Pryor still in that low end wide receiver two mix here. And then Corey Coleman, just a wide receiver four, but he's got upside with uh, RG3 at the helm. We saw that, you know, Josh McCown even connected with him on a couple deep shots earlier in the season. I think it was against Baltimore. And I think both of these wide receivers benefit uh, with this QB change. Uh, you're not starting Gary Barnage or Seth Devolve here. At least I hope you're not. Um, and then, yeah, to your point, uh, I, I do like Crowell a little bit better if I had to pick one, but really both both Crowell and Duke Johnson are just flex plays. You're, you're hoping for a score there. All you can do is hope. That's really all you can do for this team. Um, Cincinnati will get the win here. Yep, times two. All right. Well, now it's time for me to be super upset. Uh, Chicago at Detroit. Uh, Chicago took it upon themselves to eliminate their chance as a top three player this week. So that's nice, I get. Yes, Barkley, 192 yards for zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. I certainly wouldn't touch him this game. Howard's legit enough. That's all there is to it. Running back one, 32 carries, 172 yards, three touchdowns they are committed to him f this team i'm so finished they had one thing left for me to look forward to and they ripped that right from from right away from my hands to right away from from my hopes i don't uh, take it i don't care <laughs> yeah um you know my projections were way off for for this game last week i don't think anybody expected this uh, i think everybody thought it was gonna be a higher scoring game with both kaepernick and mark excuse me matt barkley doing relatively well um, not ex not exactly sure what happened because there was some there was some snow, but there really wasn't much wind in that game. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, I liked Marcus Wilson's upside last week against San Francisco. So of course, Wilson left early in the game with a groin injury. Uh, not sure if he's going to be playing this week. Uh, he's had a history of just these soft tissue and foot injuries. And then Jordan Howard, of course, he's the lone bright spot. High end RB two, low end RB one in this game. Even though Detroit has been defending. A lot better the last few weeks. Um, I think Howard is still good enough to at least get get you some production there. And then, yeah, you're not really touching anyone else. Uh, you know, maybe Daniel Brown gets a touchdown here just because how bad the Lions are at defending against tight ends. Um, or if you're super super desperate in a very deep league, uh, Josh Bellamy seemed to be the Marcus Wilson replacement, uh, highly targeted uh, of the bunch. And then uh, that's really it. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's really kind of sad, and uh, hopefully uh, we will see better things for Chicago next year. Moving right along. Stafford, 340 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, versus a bad New Orleans secondary. Expect more work underneath to Riddick versus a better Chicago defense. Um, 
they're not great, of course, but they're they're better than New Orleans. Zach Center made a return to quote unquote relevance with nine carries for 40 yards. Um, he kills Washington's value if he says any time in this game. That said, Washington did tweak his ankle this game after seven carries for 21 yards, uh, 19 yards through the air. Um, they're saying they're saying preliminary that he should be fine to play this game. Riddick's carries disappeared, making him only relevant in PPR if not for the touchdown. Four carries for two yards, five catches for 15 yards and a touchdown. Running back two or flex in a, in a PPR versus Chicago. I do expect to, him to have more passing targets this game. Golden Tate is himself again, a PPR wide receiver one, a standard wide receiver two, eight targets on 10 catches, eight, sorry, eight catches on 10 targets for 145 yards and a touchdown this past game. Uh, I expected a tad more from Ebron and Bolden actually with Jones very limited in this game. Uh, both are just low, at very low-end options for me here. Well, uh, Marvin Jones was actually out this game, but... Um, All right. Golden Tate, did you say wide receiver one? Uh, in a PPR, yeah. No, uh, I definitely disagree no, with that. No. Uh... Um, not a chance. I, I think he's in that high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two range, kind of where I have Devontae Adams. I think he's really inconsistent week to week. I think he could have a blow-up game, but... Um, he can also get you three catches for like 20 yards like he did a couple weeks ago. I, I really, this will be a blow-up game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that this is a good matchup for him, but he's still just that low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three range. Um, I, you know, I, I am expecting more, but at the same time, Anquan Bolden, uh, you know, you mentioned that you expected him to do more last week. He got stopped on, I think, what was like the one yard, maybe the half yard line? He uh, did, yeah. Yes. That would have changed the bit. It changed it a bit. Yeah, so he's still in that, you know, boom or bust wide receiver four range. Uh, I think he certainly has upside again. And then I really don't know what's what's going on with Eric Ebron. He hasn't been great the last few weeks. Uh, he he was really good for a three or four game stretch uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but for me, he's in that low end tight end one range. Uh, he's still getting some of that target volume, um, especially this week at home against Chicago. I think he'll be okay. Um, and then Golden Tate's the only running, or excuse me, Theoretic's the only running back you're starting uh, in fantasy on the Lions. Um, and then Matt Stafford, of course, uh, low low range uh, QB one. I, I think he's got plenty of upside in this in this game at home, especially after how poorly the Lions did in the first matchup this year against the Bears. I think they have something to prove as well. Really hoping for a Lions win this week. <laughs> I think you'll get it. There we go. Houston at Indianapolis, another NFC AFC South battle. Uh, if it weren't for such a juicy Indianapolis matchup, I'd be avoiding this team. But there's significant upside if Osweiler can just connect whatsoever with these receivers. I like Will Fuller the fifth as a risk reward, risk reward wide receiver three. Risk reward wide receiver three, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins is mid-range wide receiver two. I want no part of this running game, though. And odds are, if you're in the playoffs, you won't need it regardless. Uh, Lamar Miller has not been effective, and he probably tanked your season where you had to draft him. Uh, he comes into this game with a rib bruise fracture. I'm not. I'm, it's unclear. I think what his what his actual rib injury is. Uh, that said, C.J. Theodorowitz, uh, six catches on nine uh, targets for 44 yards, despite a touchdown. Um, to to Griffin, I do like CJ as a tight end one versus Indianapolis. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, Fedorowicz actually dropped the touchdown in the end zone too, or else he would have had an even bigger day. That was before the uh, touchdown to Griffin. Um, there you go. By the way, can you say risk reward wide receiver three five times fast? No, I can't. <laughs> do you want me to try? <laughs> I, I, would, I would love to hear it. 
Risk reward wide receiver three. 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 Wow, that was actually that that went a lot better than I expected it to. Boom! That was pretty impressive. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, you know, CJ Fedorowicz for me. Um, he's in that low end tight end one range as well. His target volume has become so consistent the last few weeks. Um, you know, he's be he's kind of broken out this year. And then Brock Osweiler, you still can't trust him, but that doesn't mean that his receiving options can't do well. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, both mid-range wide receiver three or flex plays here. Indianapolis's secondary struggles to stop just about anyone, um, unless it's the Jets, in which case they'll yeah. dominate them. Uh, but oh. that's, a, that's a different story. Um, and then Lamar Miller, uh, the other thing here, he may not see his normal volume of touches after su- suffering a rib injury against Green Bay although he did come back into the game and play through. Uh, but we may see fewer touches for him if they try to limit him a little bit. I just have Miller as a low on RB2. He hasn't been that great this year to begin with, and I expect to see a little bit more Jonathan Grimes and Alfred Blue um, to steal a few carries here and there if he's not 100%, uh, although you're not starting either of those guys. I agree. Uh, Andrew Luck is heating up. He killed, murdered, brutalized. Can't say that word either. The Jets. He should be fine versus Houston. Rock solid quarterback one. Uh, Gore is a high-end running back two here. He hasn't seen the end zone in a while. Um, but te- and Texas is tough on the run. But they rested Gore a little in the second half versus the Jets. Didn't need him. He should have, you know, a little fresher leg to go into this game. Dwayne Allen shook free for somehow that was only four catches, but 72 yards, three touchdowns. For the love of God, please don't expect a repeat here. Uh, T.Y. Hilton settles in as a wide receiver, too, after a very nice nine-catch, 146-yard day versus a bad, quit, non-existent New York Jets defense. Dante Moncrief, four catches for 26 yards, and another friggin' TD. This guy finds the end zone. It's absolutely uncanny. He's a low-end wide receiver, too, but he'll probably score again. Yeah, well, you know, legend says that Dante Moncrief was actually born in the end zone, and that's that's why he feels so comfortable there. Um, oh, Hilton, Hilton just adopted it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but really, I, I mean, one of these days, <laughs> starting Moncrief's going to bite you. Um, but until then, I, I guess you keep throwing him in there as a low-end wide receiver, too. Uh, he's been so consistent. He's getting those red zone looks from Andrew Luck. Uh, and to your point, Andrew Luck could have had a fifth touchdown if uh, Jack Doyle hadn't fumbled it into the end zone on the you know quarter-inch line. Uh, yep. And then Frank Gore, uh, the reason he hasn't been scoring lately is because Robert Turbin keeps stealing those goal line carries, um, being used at the fullback sometimes. And yeah, hopefully Gore will actually get in the end zone, but you're still starting him as a low-end RB1. He's involved in the receiving game. He would have had a bigger game if uh, you know the game against the Jets had been remotely close, I think. And, of course, you're starting T.Y. Hilton. Absolutely. Uh, I think Indianapolis comes into this game. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I do think they'll win. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're forcing Brock Osweiler to, you know, kind of go tit for tat with Andrew Luck, I think it's going to lead to bad things for the Texans. Bad things will happen. Some completions, more interceptions. Minnesota at Jacksonville, another unimpressive offensive day for Minnesota. Neither running back distanced themselves here. McKinnon, nine carries for 41 yards, five catches, 14 yards, and a touchdown. Asiata, six carries for 30 yards, one catch for negative three. Again, I hate both 
McKinnon did better here, but I do prefer Asiata for his red zone work. Uh, Adam Thielen has established himself as the wide receiver two in this offense. I do think he might be worth a wide receiver four or deep flex look in a PPR. Seven catches for 86 yards here on nine targets. There's just not many touchdowns expected in this offense, especially against his past defense with Jacksonville. Uh, Diggs eight catches on eight attempts for 59 yards. Um, preferred as a high volume wide receiver three here. Uh, Rudolph's a low end tight end one maybe high-end tight end two after six on 12 45 yard day uh but but jacksonville has been better on the better in the secondary than than you might think yeah no jacksonville really has done really well uh limiting opposing passing offenses especially jalen ramsey kind of clamping down uh, that's partially why i don't love adam thielen even though his role has emerged a little bit um, but I, I do like uh, Stefan Diggs and Kyle Rudolph work in the middle of the field here. I think that's where you attack the Jacksonville defense. Um, even though they've done well limiting opposing tight ends, I, I think Rudolph is still a high-end tight end too for me this week simply because he does get those high-leverage targets from Sam Bradford. Uh, Diggs is a low-end wide receiver too for me. And then, you know, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I prefer Asiata, again, because of the, the goal line work that he does get. There we go. Bortles, Blake Bortles. What what if what do you do with Blake Bortles? He is uninspiring right now. 180 yards, zero touchdowns, two uh <coughs> sorry, two interceptions or uh you uh <coughs> Yeah, two interceptions versus Denver, but did have a 29-yard scramble for a touchdown, which is which is nice. You know that that's eight points for you right there, nine points. Expect a similar result minus that touchdown versus Minnesota. Um, a pile of ankle injuries live in that Jacksonville backfield right now. Ivory was out for this game with an ankle injury. Robinson had 17 carries in his place for 53 yards, but then was knocked out with an ankle injury. They were limiting Yeldon and giving Robinson for some carries because Yeldon had an ankle injury, but then they had to lean on him with Robinson out. Uh, Corey Grant got in as the backup, but he's obviously not worthwhile to start or play here. Pay attention to the injury report, but none of these are good option versus Minnesota's defense. Uh, the wide receivers are an absolute mess. A Allen Robinson's a low-end wide receiver three for me right now, and that's basically just because of the name value. That's it. Yeah, uh, Blake Borles, I think uninspiring is an, is an understatement for how he's playing right now. Frankly, he's been playing like, uh, uh, I can't say Doo -doo. the word, but yeah, I, I feel like I accidentally stepped in some Blake Bortles the other day and had to scrape it <laughs> off my shoe. Um, but uh, yeah, you're, you're not starting anyone on this Jacksonville team in fantasy, uh, not even Allen Robinson. Um, I think he's a, what, high-end wide receiver four, low-end wide receiver three in this game uh des bryant he fared better than i expected last week against minnesota uh but that was with dak prescott throwing him the ball and being protected well uh blake bortles does not have that luxury um i, I don't think that Allen robinson is really gonna you know see anything thrown his way even i, I don't know if bortles can even wait well no i take that back i was gonna say blake bortles might not even target him that much but he will and it'll result in the pick six um, but I just don't see any upside for Allen Robinson. That big play that Des Bryant caught last week, uh, that was you know one of the few plays that Xavier Rhodes wasn't covering him. I expect Allen Robinson to be locked down. There's really no other threats on this team outside of him. Rhodes may have more points in a fantasy league than, uh, than Allen Robinson this game. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I think I would rather start a, a high-risk, high-reward guy like... Pierre Garcon or Will Fuller over Allen Robinson. 
Yeah, basically you're playing floor. There's no high reward here with Allen Robinson. Yeah, yeah, he's a low floor, low ceiling prospect right now. Yep. Yeah, give me... Well, the, the funny thing here is that Minnesota's offensive line has been so terrible that I, it would not shock me if Jacksonville pulled out some weird win here if their defense wins them the day, but I will still take Minnesota. I will take Minnesota, even though they are uh, a, a different shade of garbage. Uh, speaking of the absolute garbage, <laughs> the shade? New York Jets at San Francisco. What, what kind of game is this going to be? Good God, this is ugly. Bryce Petty has the reins for now, officially named the starter. Congratulations, boy. Enjoy it while it lasts. His accuracy his, could use some work, uh, to put it nicely. You cannot start any receiver. Uh, with him starting uh, the toughest de defensive back Bryce Petty will be facing is his own arm. Unfortunately, sorry, Brandon Marshall. Luckily, San Francisco shouldn't score much, which will keep Forte and Powell very solidly in this game. I think Forte is a, uh, is a locked in low end running back one for me this week. And I think Powell's a decent uh, PPR flex play here. Forte with a poor showing versus Indianapolis, but he was game flowed out of this game early and the quarterback change made everything much, much worse. Uh, San Francisco just got torched by Jordan Howard. Don't forget that Jets will be in this game because of San Francisco's inefficiency and effectiveness. So Forte will be just fine. Yeah. Um, for me, Forte is in that high end RB two mix. Uh, I mean, they don't want to give the ball to Bryce Petty to throw any more than they absolutely have to. I think they're going to oh. try and rely on this run game. Um, Bilal Powell could supplement some catches, but he's just a desperation flex here. I think he's got a really low floor. Uh, and same with Brand Marshall and Quincy Nunwa. I think they're both in that mid to low end wide receiver three or flex play for me. Um, you know, you might not have better options. Uh, just understand that while they have high upside against the bad San Francisco secondary, uh, they could also put up zero points with Bryce Petty. It's a real risk reward wide receiver three situation here. I think they're unstartable. I just like Allen Robinson. I don't see the reward. See, uh, that's where I disagree. I, I think that even if Petty is inaccurate, if Brand Marshall or Nunwa gets open downfield against the San Francisco secondary, they can make an adjustment and, and still get that long touchdown. He has to throw it like within 15 yards of them. I don't think he has like, <laughs> like he looked like me out there. Uh, okay. I mean, all right. So I'll pose you a quick <laughs> hypothetical before we move on to San Francisco sure. here. Sure. Um, if you own Brand Marshall and Allen Robinson, who would you start? Oh, oh, oh no. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess Brandon Marshall. Yeah. I mean, that, that's my point. That's my point yeah. that I'm trying to make. He's got at least the higher upside, right? Yeah. But Petty like forgot that he even existed. He just threw to this guy whose name is escaping me right now. in my frustration, I needed Brandon Marshall to get eight more yards la la last night. <laughs> and I would have been locked into uh, locked into a solid buy for the playoffs in one league. So I'm very angry at this Jets team. So that may be skewing my judgment a bit here. Yeah. I think you're talking about Bryce Petty's uh, practice squad BFF, Robbie Anderson, best friends in the entire universe. It's like, it's like, you know, it's, I, I don't know. It's like the, you know, Mick Foley in the rock out there or something. I don't understand what's going on. Wow. You just, you really dated yourself there with that reference, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. It's like the Usos. <laughs> okay. I guess a little bit better. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on to uh, the Niners side here. 
Yes, sir. Uh, I hope you didn't buy into the hype and start Colin Kaepernick in Chicago, did you? Oh, oops. Uh, Record-setting, record-setting. Four, four yards, zero interceptions, zero touchdowns. I guess the best thing you can say is that he had zero interceptions. Uh, record-setting day, four, four yards for a starting quarterback. It's a toss-up. Uh, oh, no, it, it was a toss-up. No, he is getting the start. Um, should you trust him? Well, New York Jets are garbage. They've They've given up. Um, I think he's a mid-range quarterback, too, actually. Uh, Hyde had 20 carries for 92 yards, one catch uh, for six yards. They, they've made a good commitment to him. I think he's a running back, too, versus the, the New York Jets, who are not playing on defense anymore. Um, you have to be certifiably insane if you expect me to endorse any pass catchers on this team, though. If you really need me to, uh, Vance McDonald, uh, take a look at what Dwayne Allen did this last week. Yeah, that was the one note I was going to say. Vance McDonald is, is the guy that I would go back to uh, even after a bad game uh, against Chicago. Um, and then certainly Colin Kaepernick just puts up a terrible game just when everybody starts to trust him a little bit as a fantasy quarterback. Uh, to be fair, I was on the Colin Kaepernick train last week. I, I saw no reason why he would implode like he did. Um, I, I almost blame Chip Kelly more than Colin Kaepernick because it wasn't that he was like terrible throwing the ball. His receivers had a couple drops. And then at the same time, it looked like Chip Kelly just really didn't want to call any passing plays. I have no idea if Kelly was afraid of the snow or something, but um, you know, the Jets secondary is pretty bad. I, I think we've all seen that there's a very low floor here with Colin Kaepernick, but the ceiling is still very high. And that's why I still have him as a high end QB two this week. Um, you know, if you're going back right back to him, if if quarterback is a is a hard commodity to come by in your fantasy league, then you know there are worse options out there. Just understand that you know he has a low floor and high upside. There we go, sir. Um, as far as my pick this week, I, I am going with the New York Jets, not because I think that they're capable of winning team. I think that, say what you will about uh, about uh, Chip Kelly, I think he's smart enough to play for the pick, play for the next year, and I think that's what he did in Chicago, and I think that's what he's going to do this week. Yeah, I mean, that's almost the only plausible explanation as to why <laughs> he didn't let Colin Kaepernick throw and then put in Blaine Gabbert. Um, yep. there, there's some crazy logic there that kind of makes sense. Um, <laughs> assuming he's not doing that, I would I would think this that San Francisco will win this game. I, I guess there's one other matchup that we disagree on this week. There we go. And for and for very very odd reasoning. But, All right. And I'm, sorry. No, I was gonna say that like. Now that you say it, that conspiracy theory makes so much sense because it just doesn't make any sense why he wouldn't let Colin Kaepernick throw and then he would pull him for Blaine Gabbert. That's right. That's right. Just just maybe, just maybe Cleveland might rattle off some wins and San Fran can just sneak right in. Yeah, maybe we should have the NFL uh, competition committee take a look into Chip Kelly here. I, I think we ought to. The guy's a cheater. He's a piece of garbage. Uh, all right, let's, let's move on to New Orleans. All right, New Orleans at Tampa Bay in your NFC South matchup of the week. Breeze was awful at home in Detroit. This is not something we see, but Breeze does always give me heart attacks at the end of the season. He typically pulls through. Hopefully, we we're, we don't see road Breeze here. He's a low-end quarterback one for me. I, there are better options out there, but that said, he is playing the, the Tampa Bay secondary, which does not scare me, but has been playing a little better lately. Uh, the run game really disappeared early. Ingram, seven carries for 37 yards, five catches for 16. Hightower, two carries, five yards. 
that's not a good day, Tim Hightower. Do better. Makes me very angry. Uh, clearly, Cooks was worked into the game plan. Seven catches on nine attempts, 73 yards. He's back in w, uh, wide, wide receiver two graces versus Tampa Bay. Same for Mike Thomas, a wide receiver two. Uh, Snead is a wide receiver three. He always has two touchdown upside, especially when this offense is clicking. That said, he can also have two catch or less uh, downside. Um, if, if, they, if they do... Uh, be, if they are clicking, uh, Fleener was five for seven, 86 yards. But I do need to see a shred of consistency before meriting his start for him for me. He's a tight end two for me this week. Yeah, look, uh, if you got burned by Colin Kaepernick, I understand your frustration. Uh, but I, I think you would almost be even more frustrated uh, if you started Drew Brees last week. And I certainly did in the league. Um, yep. because Drew Brees at home, uh, he broke his 60, uh, what is it? 60 straight home games with a touchdown. Uh, that record's gone now. Um, and we were not expecting this because Drew Brees in the Superdome is rarely bad, but you know, it does happen here and there. Uh, but I, you know, I'm going right back to him just like I, I'm trusting Kaepernick as a high end QB two. I'm going back to Drew Brees as a mid to low end QB one. Uh, even with the Tampa Bay defense playing better. Uh, they certainly helped limit Phillip Rivers last week, but this is Drew Brees we're talking about. Uh, you're still, you you don't have better QB options than him on your fantasy team. Um, Mark Ingram, he wasn't great last week in a game where the entire offense struggled and he was dealing with a toe issue, but he looked pretty good out there and he still out-touched Tim Hightower um, and was heavily involved in the passing game. He should still be good to go as a mid-range RB2 this week. Um, and more concerning for Tim Hightower is kind of a loss of targets in the passing game to Travaris Cadet. Uh, I, I think that Hightower is still going to be used here, but uh, he gets downgraded a little bit to just that, uh, you know, that low-end flex play, uh, only if you're desperate. Um, I, and I think that what happened partially was that Brandon Cooks complained about not getting the ball the prior week, and the New Orleans tried too hard to get him the ball. Um, I, I truly believe that Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver on this team. They should go back to him. And, you know, Thomas is a mid-range wide receiver, too, for me. Cooks is a low-end wide receiver, too. And then, to your point, Snead is that high-risk, high-reward wide receiver, three or flex play. Um, the, one, the one other thing I want to mention about Kobe Fleener, um, he did well against Detroit, and there was actually news that Josh Hill broke his fibula, and he's going to be out for the season. Prior, oh. Yeah, prior to this happening, you know, Kobe Fleener had been losing a lot of snaps to Josh Hill. And now I, I think that Kobe Fleener, he, he should play the majority of the snaps. He's back in that high end tight end two, maybe even creeping into that low end tight end one range now. Yeah, just let me see it one more time. Yeah. All right, Tampa Bay. Uh, this is where that Jameis Winston we pick up we talked about weeks ago starts to pay off, uh, if it hasn't been already for you. Start him in a hot offense in a juicy matchup. A lot of adjectives in that sentence. Uh, Doug Martin was bent backwards late in the game and was precautionarily pulled out uh, of of the game. Oh, making her juicy. Uh, I do fully expect him to get back into this week with with RB one upside. Um, I love uh, I love uh, Mike Evans uh, and from a fantasy football standpoint. Who on this team can absolutely can stop him? Absolutely nobody. Uh, Cameron Brait's one of the better tight end choices for me as well. Uh, this is a high scoring game coming. I like both offenses. I like Tampa Bay. I like New Orleans, uh, but I like New Orleans defense to allow a little more offense than that. Yeah, this Buccaneers team is hot right now, and uh, Jameis Winston leading the way uh, for this tied for first place in the NFC South team. Uh, I think they keep it rolling at home, coming off a hard-earned victory at San Diego. I like Winston as a low-end QB1 here. 
Doug Martin left the game last week with that left leg injury, so certainly monitor his practice status, but it, it seems optimistic that he'll play. If he does, he should be a high-end RB2. Um, and if he can't go, then Charles Sims should be coming back this week. He and Jaquiz Rogers would likely split time and both be flex plays in the event of Martin not playing. And then you're starting Mike Evans, despite that down week with uh, Jason Hayward shutting him down. But, you know, you're not expecting that from New Orleans. And then also they lost Cecil Shorts to a devastating knee injury for the season. And then Adam Humphreys was out with a concussion. And really Cameron Braid stepped up and he's in that high end, tight end two, low end, tight end one range, just, just like Kobe Fleener. I think we could see both tight ends in this game do a lot of work in the passing game. And uh, yeah, you're not starting any of the other wide receivers now in this ragtag crew. Um, I, I can't even name some of the guys on, on the on the Buccaneers right now that, uh, you know, they're going so far down into that depth chart. They're going down to... They're going to win regardless, though, in uh, at home versus New Orleans. Yeah, you know, I struggled when I was making my pick for this game, but I, I think that Tampa Bay's been hot, and they're going to stay hot. 35-31, Tampa. Now, Atlanta at L.A. Uh, this this is around the time that, uh, that Matt Ryan returns returns to earth uh luckily they have la to trounce this week um that's perfect timing to face the rams for matt ryan he's a low-end quarterback for one for me only uh freeman and coleman are again splitting carries freeman with 15 for 56 and two touchdowns plus four catches for 49 on five targets coleman with 12 carries for 49 yards which i believe if not if not tied it is the most carries said this season i believe um i think he has reasonable upside this week versus la julio is of course a wide receiver one i really don't love the other offensive weapons this game they won't need to score much versus la plenty of this work should be handled by both running backs and i do like coleman to start as a flex option here yeah that's the thing i think matt ryan will be fine he's still in that mid-range low-end qb1 mix um the one thing to note about julia jones is he does have a minor case of turf toe he's expected to play without any limitations but we've seen him kind of get banged up um, and not produce quite as much. So maybe downgrade him a little bit, but he's still a wide receiver one. If he's starting, you're starting him on your fantasy team. Uh, Devontae Freeman, he's playing very well. He's still going to be in that mid to low end RB1 range. And then the other thing is Mohamed Sanu also suffered a groin injury here. Um, we'll see how he's feeling this week. But with Julio and Sanu both kind of banged up right now, I think this really opens up the door for Taylor Gabriel and Tevin Coleman. Uh, both of them are lightning quick once you get once you excuse me get them into space, and I think that you know Taylor Gabriel's still in that wide receiver three mix, and you know Tevin Coleman's still in that running back three or flex mix. But I think this really raises both of their ceilings even higher than it was before. I think both are going to get a little bit more involved in the passing game in this one. All right, I can definitely see that as well. Uh, Jared Goff is about as ex as bad as we expected him to be in New Orleans. He should be a tad better versus Atlanta. I still don't want to touch him or his receiving core. The best day was Kenny Britt, two catches on six attempts. Uh, not very efficient, of course, four, four missed passes there. 67 yards and a touchdown. Those are not hopeful numbers to me. Gurley was limited to 11 carries on, thir uh, on 38 for 38 yards, two catches on three targets for nine yards. This guy needs to be on a good team as bad is more than anybody in the league needs it maybe he loves la who knows i don't know he has running back two at best upside versus atlanta i really don't like anybody here yeah um Gurley's a flex play uh he's uh, or a flex or low in rb2 
And then we did see, you know, Kenny Britt, I think he's still in that low-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four range, just because of the Atlanta defense is really struggling now that they've lost Desmond Trufant. Um, I think this is a game where uh, St. Louis, or excuse me, L.A., uh, is going to be trailing for most of this wow. game. Yeah, uh, still not quite used to that, but you know, I think I think the Rams are going to be trailing in this game. I think that Britt will get quite a few targets again, and they'll connect on at least some of them. So he's got that upside. And then same with Tavon Austin. We saw Albert Wilson um, have a really fluky long touchdown on a fake punt. But at the same time, you know, this Atlanta defense is pretty soft. Uh, they're going to give up some big plays every now and again. And I think Tavon Austin would be the guy to get those big plays. All right. Uh, the Redbirds come into L.A. and run away with a win. Yeah, I, I think after this week, we're going to see uh, Atlanta and Tampa Bay still tied atop the NFC South. Yes, sir. Uh, battle for the better green team here. Seattle at Green Bay. It'll be nice to see Seattle trying to repeat their complete bullying of Carolina against Green Bay. I hope they just smash them to bits. Wilson is a top five quarterback this week, um, despite his limitation versus uh, versus Carolina. Rawls is a low end running back one with Pope coming in. Uh, late in the game, only due to the game being completely out of the reach. Um, Rawls looked phenomenal. Uh, Graham had six carries, uh, six catches on nine attempts, 63 yards and a touchdown. He is a top five tight end this week as well. Baldwin, a high end running uh, wide receiver two versus Green Bay and expect some spread to Kirsten Lockett. I think they're both on the cusp of, of a flex play for me this week. Uh, decent contrarian options there, the both of them. Yeah, um, I agree with everything you just said. The the only uh, additional note I would put in is even though Tyler Lockett had a great game last week, uh, he did have a big fluky kind of seventy five yard run. Um, right. Don't necessarily expect that, but at the same time, he was you know barely you know not even just this past game, but the last few games. Now that he's healthy, um, Lockett barely missed some long bombs from Russell Wilson by his fingertips. I think he certainly has high upside, even though he's still, you know, in that low end wide receiver three range. Uh, certainly the floor is still low, but against this Green Bay defense, uh, I think they're going to do pretty well. And, and the one other guy that you didn't mention is Paul Richardson. He's kind of their um, smaller, deep threat. Uh, he's got that deep speed. He, he's coming back from that ACL injury. Um, again, this uh, Paul Richardson would be purely for... Uh, DFS GPP play, but he he could see you know a, a long touchdown in this one as well. Maybe some best ball. Tyler Lockett, one of my loves, absolute loves in a dynasty league. Yeah, uh, certainly. Uh, hopefully, you bought low while he was injured. Uh, you know, I had that opportunity, but uh, we couldn't end up reaching a deal in one league. But uh, certainly, love the talent. I, I think that once he gets more consistent targets, uh, he's gonna be a really good player in the NFL. Yes, sir. Uh, now to the cheese eaters. I have no idea what Mike McCarthy is thinking with this backfield usage. Ty Montgomery, six carries for 40 yards. Tristan Michael, nine carries for 19 yards. Starks, one carry for four yards. Ripkowski, three carries for four yards. You are not relying on any of this production versus Seattle. You can cut all of those numbers in half while still having that crazy carry split going on. You don't want to start any of these players. Drop them all. You don't need them. It's playoff time. That said, Aaron Rodgers should be just fine with tons of receiving options uh, receiving weapons and a Seattle secondary that is for the first time in a long time without Earl Thomas we've seen the holes without Cam Chancellor and Thomas is definitely the better safety of the two on this team 
Uh, Jordy will likely draw Richard Sherman, and he does not have the elite speed to burn him. So he may be the worst of the Green Bay wide receivers this week. Um, but you likely don't have a better option on your team if you've been relying on him to this point. Um, he, he's a low-end wide receiver, too, to me. Uh, don't be surprised if Adams and Cobb both score here in this game. Um, I, I think Wilson's going to be a big loss, and I, I think Jordy may be locked down on. Yeah, um, I, I still don't love Aaron Rodgers in this matchup. Uh, I, I'd like him even less if it, if it weren't for Earl Thomas being out. Yep. Uh, but again, I think it's going to be a tough matchup. He's a low-end QB1 for me, even at home. Um, and then, you know, to your point with the running backs, it's <laughs> turned into a full-blown committee here. Um, if I had to pick one, I would go with Ty Montgomery. Uh, James Starks got benched twice this past week. And I think that Mike McCarthy is finally realizing that Montgomery is the best of his options. And, you know, we'll see if that translates into more touches. Uh, who knows with McCarthy? Um, he would be the pick if, I, if you're completely desperate here. Um, and, yeah, I, I actually thought that you would be higher on Jordy than I was, but we're kind of uh, in agreement here. Uh, I have Jordy as a mid-range wide receiver, too, uh, simply because that, you know, he and Rodgers do have such great rapport that he could still find the end zone. Uh, but not expecting those big, wide-open, long touchdowns that he had, uh, you know, like against Houston this past week. Um, and yeah, I think uh, Cobb and Adams are both high and wide receiver three or flex plays here. And then Jared Cook continues to be inconsistent. I don't see him hitting his stride this week against the Seahawks. Uh, he sh probably shouldn't be started unless uh, you're very desperate here. Yes, sir. I expect the Seattle Seahawks to hang at least 35 points on this team. Yeah, give me Seattle. All right. Uh, Dallas at the New York Giants. Sunday night football. NFC East struggle. Uh, Dallas struggled a bit in Minnesota with Zeke still plowing through for 105 combined yards and a touchdown. Um, Dak and Zeke are still quarterback one running back run. Uh, Dez is a wide receiver one after uh, 84 yards and a touchdown. The rest of the wide receivers were limited. Um, but this game, I trot Beasley out there in the flex. Dallas may have to throw uh, a lot if, o if Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, finds himself having a big day against the secondary. Yeah, um, you know, the Giants' defense has quietly been playing really well, uh, but I don't see them stopping the Dallas offense when Minnesota couldn't even do it. And uh, one other quick note, too, is we saw that, uh, you know, we got a report that Jason Pierre-Paul actually seeing a, a groin or core muscle injury specialist today in Philadelphia. So um, we'll see what his availability is like this week. Certainly don't love the Giants' defense, uh, you know, against this Dallas offense if he's out as well. Um, of course, you're starting Prescott, you're starting Zeke, uh, you're starting Des Bryant. Uh, he, he's a guy who I thought wasn't going to do quite as well as he did against Minnesota, so you're not scared of New York here. Um, and then Cole Beasley, he's a high-end wide receiver three. And Jason Witten, uh, you know, we saw that Ladarius Green absolutely destroyed New York up the seam. Um, I, I think Witten isn't quite as, as fast as he was back in his day, but I think he's going to get a few more targets than he got last week against Minnesota. He's still back in that low-end tight end one range for me. Um, I think Dallas is going to want to get him back in his stride after not catching a single pass last week. Um, yeah, I, I think the you're starting pretty much everybody on the Cowboys offense. You know, the groin is a very important part of your body. It's very difficult to play, run, walk, anything without a groin. So, I mean, that, that's that's a bigger deal than it might sound like. Yep, science.
Yes, sir. Uh, the the Giants team, uh, this team, uh, despite Odell Beckham Jr., really bores me to talk or think about. Sorry, Giants fans. Uh, Eli's not startable. Jennings and Perkins render each other useless. Uh, Odell Beckham's a wide receiver one. Shepard's a wide receiver three. All right. Uh, next. Yeah, uh, I would say Jennings is still a flex play. Um, I, I think that he'll be okay. He still gets involved quite a bit in this offense. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, you're talking about Odell Beckham and Shepard, and that's about it. Snore. All right, uh, Dallas is going to roll the Giants. We all, we all see this coming. I, I think that the Giants are going to play up to their opponent. They're going to make this a, a good game at least, but yeah, give me the Cowboys. 31 13 uh, Cowboys go Dallas Woo-hoo! oh wow I don't know about I don't know about that I think it's be closer than that hometown boys baby I'm a Cowboys fan <laughs> all right Baltimore at New England Monday night football duh, 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 duh. Flacco your top scoring quarterback for this week with 381 yards four touchdowns one interception I thought he had a, a, a heck of a shot at the Gillette close shave player of the week but I guess there were no close shaves in Miami were they I think he may be working look at a deep league here he has some upside versus New England uh, they seem to keep up well with New England Baltimore does for a good portion of their games um, and amazingly uh, the Ravens held Miami scoreless until the fourth, but only ran the ball 17 times. 47 pass attempts? Are you serious here? I think they might have been letting Flacco practice before uh, before the matchup with New England. Uh, the running backs are still running back threes, with Dixon having a little more receiving game upside. Steve Smith's a high-end wide receiver, too, in a game uh, where he's going to do his best to leave an impact against New England, likely his last time playing in Foxborough. Uh, and Wallace is a high-risk reward play that even I endorse this week uh pit is mid-range tight end one with nine catches 90 yards two touchdowns don't expect that sort of thing same idea as Dwayne allen um but but he's you know he you can't argue he's the past couple weeks he's sort of been in there that said these are the first two touchdowns first touchdown he scored in i think it was over a thousand days something like four years yeah, um, Pitta is definitely not a tight end one for me. Uh, there just hasn't been enough consistency there. I would much rather take a chance on a guy like Ladarius Green. I think he's got a better chance at you know keeping up those big stat lines. Um, Pitta, he's still in that mid mid range tight end too. Um, of course, you know his performance last week does show that he has high upside week to week, but I'm not quite ready to trust that. Um, but there does always seem to be fireworks whenever Baltimore and New England play each other, and this should be a great game. Really, we got really lucky this week because all the primetime games should be very good. We've got you know Oakland to Kansas City, we've got Dallas and New York, and then we've got Baltimore and New England. Uh, certainly going to be glued to the TV for these three matchups. And then the one other name that you didn't really mention here is Brashad Perriman. I, I think he's got you know he's a wide receiver four, wide receiver five, but. We've seen that he's still got that game-breaking speed now that he's a little bit more acclimated to the league um, and that he's actually finally healthy. Um, so I think he's a guy to at least monitor. And then with the running backs, I just don't know. I, I, I still like Kenneth Dixon better um, just in, in terms of talent, but it seems like their touches uh, are basically split right down the middle. So um, it's hard to tell. Uh, and then, you know, same, even though I like Dixon's talent better uh, it seems like terrence west is who they want near the goal line uh so really it's tough they're both flex plays for me i do think i might have gotten a little overexcited about uh, dennis pitta he's also a big time abba fan i keep hearing him sing take a chance on me so you know there, there's all those things <laughs> hey that's fair can't argue with that 
Yes, sir. All right. As for New England, Gronk is unfortunately done for the season. Um, may may he maybe may he heal up. May he come back stronger than ever. It's good to be Gronk. Growing up, Gronk. Eat some Gronk flakes. I I love you, man. I love you. New England got away from the tight ends altogether. Though Bennett did have a target in the end zone, almost converted. He's, he's you know, a decent lower-end tight end one to me, but they did really get away from him. Um, there was a lot of work for Blunt in a game that was never in doubt. 18 carries for 88 yards and a touchdown. Um, should probably be a few more passes completed versus Baltimore than there were in this game. Uh, Lewis and White were equally non-factorial in this game, seven and six points respectively. I do expect there to be more running back receiving targets here. Likely the benefactor being Deion Lewis more so than James White. Edelman with eight catches for 12 yard, uh, on 12 uh, attempts for 101 yards. Mitchell stepped up, eight catches, 10 uh, attempts, 82 yards. Hogan with a rare touchdown, four catches for 23 yards. If I'm starting one other than Edelman, I do prefer Mitchell in this in this Gronkless and essentially tight end negative offense, though I do expect a Bennett bounce back here. Uh, Mitchell looked like he really stepped up into that wide receiver two role this week. Yeah, actually a lot to talk about the Patriots this week. Um, you know, two guys that we don't need to spend much time on, Tom Brady and Julian Edelman, you're starting them. Right. Um, I'd actually shy away from LeGarrette Blunt this week. Um, he's just a high-end flex play. You're hoping he punches one into the end zone. Uh, Baltimore giving up, you know, the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs right now. Uh, one of the best run defenses in the league. I don't like Le- LeGarrette Blunt this week. Um, and similarly, even though I want to I want to love Deion Lewis, I've been holding on to him for a while in one league. You know about that, but mm-hmm. um, he and James White are really splitting targets very evenly in the passing game, and that just caps both of their upsides. Uh, I think both are just going to be RB3s or flex plays in PPR. Um, but really the big news here for me, we knew that Gronk was going to be out with his back surgery, uh, but then Danny Amendola left this game. He's got a high ankle sprain. He's in a walking boot. He's probably going to be out multiple weeks uh, through the end of the fantasy season, at least. I think this is huge because this means we're going to see a ton of Malcolm Mitchell and Chris Hogan. Um, we saw New England start playing more four wide receiver sets, uh, and that's partially also due to Martellus Bennett still being hobbled by his high ankle sprain. I think that Malcolm Mitchell is a priority pickup if he's still there in your league, uh, I know we're recording late this week, but he needs to be owned. Uh, he's a high-end wide receiver three. I would actually prefer him over a guy like Golden Tate or Devontae Adams. I think he's got that much upside now that he's got a consistent role in this offense. Um, he might even be a low-end wide receiver two for the rest of the season. Um, Chris Hogan also gets a bump up to wide receiver three now that they're seeing low, you know, low level but still consistent targets. Um, and then the other, I guess, sort of hot take is I dropped Martellus Bennett in a league after the Gronk news. Um, I just think that that high ankle injury is really limiting him. He's not looking good at all, even when he's on the field. Uh, they're really limiting his snaps as well to, you know, high leverage situations, kind of like how they did early in the season with Gronkowski when he was hurt. I just, I don't see the upside there. I, I think that you can find a better guy if you want upside. Grab a guy like Ladarius Green, like Kobe Fleener. I mean, Martellus Bennett could get you a touchdown in the red zone, but he could also get you zero points. I think that I just don't trust him enough for the fantasy playoffs. 
Yeah, uh, they, we if there's if there's one thing listeners might have noticed this week, we have said that there are a ton of tight end ones existing in the league right now. Um, I feel like we might have listed off 15 tight end ones. It, it feels like we've said it that many times. Yeah, and uh, more of a general thing, but real quick, just on tight ends in general right now for the fantasy playoffs, I, I think that every tight end has a very low floor this year. So really, you're shooting for those guys with high upside. And, and, you know, why not go for a guy who could get you 20 points or zero instead of the guy who could get you two points or six? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's uh, that's what you do to win, especially since you're in the playoffs. That means you're playing against usually. I mean, I, I think this is how math works. You're playing against teams that often score a ton of points. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up our previews for this week. Uh, Los, you want to go through uh, the, the injury list real quick, and then I'll talk Abs- about some streaming Abs- options. Absolutely. I can do that. Uh, so so at quarterback, Trevor Simeon, of course, foot and ankle injury. Uh, questionable, but optimistic for this week. Monitor his practice status. Of course, if he's back, he will bump up uh, the uh, Denver pass catchers, though not by much, in my opinion. Um, Lamar Miller for running back, rib injury. Monitor his practice status. I, again, don't think he's going to be very good this week regardless Doug Martin left with a leg uh, left leg injury uh, listed as questionable I expect him to be just fine running back one for me Charles Sims is returning from IR from his knee injury he's expected to play this week versus New Orleans I think this ha- leaves a greater impact on Jack his Rogers owners more so than Doug Martin owners themselves uh, Ryan Matthews is questionable with an ankle injury but also expected to return this week I don't like him in that matchup that whole team has quit Capri Bibbs out for the season Boosts Devontae Booker, um, Justin Forsett, just don't worry about it. Dwayne Washington had a left ankle sprain, questionable. Um, he's going to split snaps with the, with the theoretic regardless, but I do think he comes back to this game, and Zach Zenner may be an inactive. Uh, for the wide receivers, Julio Jones with a minor case of turf toe. He is expected to play this week. He may be hobbled, but... He's been hobbled and put up three touchdown days. Let's be honest here. It's Julio Jones. Uh, On the other side of that field, uh, Mohamed Sanu with a groin monitor practice status. He's questionable and not likely to play so far for this week, I believe. Jordan Matthews and his ankle, questionable, but returned to practice today. He should be suiting up, still unexciting with the rest of that Philadelphia team. Jamison Crowder has hip pointer, monitor his practice status. I think he's expected to play, and he should suit up and do just fine. Uh, If you're relying on him, uh, keep an eye on Pierre Gaston in the free agency pool. You might end up needing him. Marquez Wilson on the Bears, groin questionable for this week. I told you I wouldn't be talking about the Bears again, but, you know, here I am. For the tight ends, Jordan Reed with the AC sprain, a pain tolerance issue more so than an actual structural issue. Uh, Monitor his practice status, questionable for this week that he'll be back. And Josh Hill, broken fibula out for the season. You weren't starting him, but this does affect Fleener owners and Fleener ownership. Much better for him when he's not on the field uh, with with, uh, with Josh Hill hurt. Flaner will be on the field for the vast majority of snaps. And of course, uh, of note for anybody playing uh, against uh, Seattle, Green Bay this week. Now we'll we'll be able to see how exactly the defense reacts to this. But Earl Thomas out. I do expect the Green Bay uh, Green Bay wide receivers to have a better day with the best defender in the bat in the secondary of uh, Seattle off of the field for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, a lot going on this week heading into the playoffs. Uh, And of course, if you've been streaming guys at certain positions, uh, you're going to continue to do so. And even if you've been uh, rock solid starting Marcus Mariota recently, 
Uh, against Denver, I would try and find better options. If you've been relying on garbage time points from Blake Bortles, um, he gets Minnesota this week. I would also see if there are better options on the waiver wire. I would consider Tyrod Taylor uh, against Pittsburgh or even Andy Dalton against Cincinnati, or excuse me, not against Cincinnati, but uh, against Cleveland. And then a high-risk, high-reward option, as we mentioned, Colin Kaepernick facing a Jets defense that just looks like it's given up completely. Andrew Luck scorched them for you know almost 300 yards and four touchdowns. Easily could have been five. Um, low floor, high upside play. Um, at running back, Charles Sims coming back. Uh, you know that's huge. I think he should be added. Um, he's one of those uh, actual handcuff guys that you mentioned earlier, Los. Uh, and I think he would have a lot of value if Doug Martin were to miss any time uh, with this left leg injury. Um, and even so, I think he's a worthwhile flex playing PPR just in that pass catching role. Uh, Kenneth Dixon, we mentioned against New England. He's still unknown in a lot of leagues, despite splitting touches pretty evenly at this point with Terrence West. Um, a few other pickups uh, that I would consider if you have a star, uh, excuse me, a strong starting roster. Um, you know, we mentioned some handcuffs before, but uh, one that we didn't really talk about is Alfred Morris in Dallas. Um, if anything happened to Ezekiel Elliott, Morris would be an instant RB1, I think. Um, and then same with Derrick Henry. And then it sounds like D'Angelo Williams is coming back off of knee surgery soon. Um, he may be active this week uh, against Buffalo, and he's one of those high upside handcuff running backs if anything were to happen to Le'Veon Bell. At wide receiver, uh, I talked about how much upside I think Malcolm Mitchell has. Um, the only reason he wasn't a priority pickup before now was because the Patriots offense was so diverse uh, with both tight ends and all their different wide receiver options, but with Gronk out, with Danny Amendola out the next few weeks, and with Martellus Bennett not healthy, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of wide receiver sets. Malcolm Mitchell could become an every-down player, and he's got high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two upside rest of the season. He's a must-add for me. Um, and you oh. mentioned Pierre Garçon. Uh, uh, if anything um, were to keep Jamison Crowder out, he has a huge upside. But even with Jamison Crowder playing, He's been averaging eight targets the last few games. Uh, Garcon with uh, 15 fantasy points per game over the last four weeks. His role could expand even more. And then Chris Hogan, again, not as dynamic as Malcolm Mitchell, but he will also have opportunity in this Patriots offense all the same. And we talked about Taylor Gabriel. His role could expand opposite Julio Jones if Mohamed Sanu can't play with his groin injury. And then uh, Julio Jones himself <laughs> isn't fully healthy, so... He's got some game-breaking speed and a threat for a long touchdown anytime he touches the ball. At tight end, we've got Ladarius Green. We finally saw that breakout game against the Giants, and he could easily solidify himself as that number three receiving option behind Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Vernon Davis, if Jordan Reed is out again with that AC sprain, Davis could be a tight end one in this Washington offense based on how they're targeting him on those deep seam routes. And then finally, Kobe Fleener, his snap count should go up with Josh Hill's injury, and he, he has tight on one upside if his usage can be more consistent either. Um, one last thing, I'm not sure, uh, we don't talk about kickers a whole lot, but I've brought him up before. I don't know why Matt Bryant isn't 100% owned as a fantasy kicker. He's the number two kicker on the season behind Justin Tucker, but he's been far more consistent, whereas Tucker is more of a boomer bust kicker. Uh, Matt Bryant, he's got nine or more fantasy points in every single game this year except one, and that was week six at Seattle. A few points here or there from kickers and defenses, 
can make or break your matchup in the fantasy playoffs. Every point matters. Matt Bryant needs to be owned. Maybe that's something we need to do better. I don't know. What, talk more about kickers? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a reason. I mean, obviously, we're not affecting, you know, every league in the world. But, you know, somebody needs to talk more about kickers if that's the case. Yeah, and I know some, uh, a few leagues have, you know, kind of phased out kickers and team defenses over the last few years. But I, I think the vast majority of leagues still utilizes these positions. And really, I mean... The reason we don't talk about kicker matchups that much is because those are really hard to project. Um, a lot of that is very game flow dependent. Um, but when you're talking about a guy who's had this kind of track record over the entire fantasy season, at this point, you know you know what you've got in him. He's he's kind of that Steven Goskowski, Adam Vinatieri in years past. Uh, Matt Matt Bryan is that guy right now this year. All true statements. Yeah, um, well, uh, we certainly hope that uh, you have made your fantasy playoffs if you are listening to this, um, or if you're just trying to get some good knowledge or get some good matchup preview advice for DFS or any anything else. Um, yeah, good no. luck to you. Yeah, I, I'm working off two, three seeds right now, uh, hoping hoping to make something happen. Just missed the buy in that in that one league, and you know, just excited. It, it's go time now. Now it's time to turn it up. Yeah, uh, these next few weeks are, are really what matters. And, you know, even if you snuck into your playoffs as the number six seed, the number four seed, whatever it might be, um, hey, you made it to the playoffs. That means you have a non-zero chance of winning the title this year. Congrats. Pat yourself on the back. Uh, yeah, but it's not over yet. And uh, these these next few weeks, these lineup decisions, these waiver ads, these are going to be the most important. Making it is what's important. Literally anything could happen. People get injured all the time. Superstars haven't been getting injured this late in the season this year so much, but anybody could go down at any time. And this is what affects teams here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as always, if you have more specific lineup questions, uh, who should I add over who questions, uh, you can always reach us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm at FA underscore LOS, L-O-S. You can also reach producer Dan at FFA underscore Dan, D-A-N, Dan, of course. Um, if you recall him from the other podcast, he filled in for me or Mung for. He's done quite well for himself as well. Um, just not in any leagues I've ever seen him perform in. Oh, sorry, Dan. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dan. All right. You can, also, you can also find us on the Facebook, of course, Fantasy Football Addicts. Give us a like, of course, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already in the iTunes store or in the Purple Podcasting app we're also available in a few other venues aren't we mung yeah you can find us on the google play if you are uh using an android device of course um and yeah uh we're here to help you we're we're hoping that you're doing well we're rooting for you in your fantasy leagues and uh, we wish you the best of luck in the fantasy playoffs as always it's a fantasy world and we're all just addicts in it thanks addicts